Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this special episode, I spoke with Ethan Golding, the founder of Team Hustle, an agency that works with consumer brands to create TikTok content to bring new traffic, leads, and eventually sales into their businesses. TikTok can be an incredible tool. I know so many guys use TikTok for both business and sort of like to, to, to wind down. And Ethan opens up about how you can actually use TikTok effectively to generate noise for your business and gain ROI. And so we talked about what sort of impact should you expect if you start creating TikTok content for your B2C brand and should all B2C brands be on TikTok? And secondly, what you should be doing in terms of strategy, you know, posting frequency, type of content, etc., in order to maximize ROI. What should your strategy be basically? And lastly, the golden question, is it too late for you and your business to be on TikTok? It's a truly excellent episode. I love doing these sort of episodes because it gives a lot of value to you guys, especially with the ones that already have businesses where you can see a lot of, you know, solid value being given here that Ethan can give, you know, step-by-step processes, strategies that you guys can actually implement from today into your business immediately. So I love recording episodes like these. If you are new to the podcast, I'd highly appreciate if you could leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Subscribe, of course, to not miss future episodes like this one with Ethan. That is it for me. Thank you so much for clicking on the episode and I hope you enjoy. Ethan. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Late in the day, it's been a busy one, but uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting. Yeah, this is pretty late in the day for a recording. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, the curtains are closed, it's dark outside, but you know, still recording, it's good. Why Why did you get into TikTok is my first question. How did that happen? I'd say it was more just about opportunity. I think I actually remember writing a LinkedIn post about this, like, um, I know there's a big narrative nowadays of like following your passion and, and it'd be great if like we all had a passion to follow, but I haven't found mine yet. It was just that I was in the social media space um, and in that space, I saw TikTok as the best opportunity. I saw it as a space where I could get my clients the most results. If I can drive results for clients, then, you know, I can build a business around it. It's quite interesting when I, when I, cause you see that stuff on Instagram and TikTok, of course, being like, follow your passion all that all that type of thing what do you what's your kind of stance on that like passion versus opportunity you know i think we live in such a privileged time nowadays that i think sometimes we take for granted things that have only really been something we have access to very recently i think through most of history people were really following their passion when it came to work i don't think that was really an option for most people right it's just that nowadays we can open our iphones and like basically have access to doing anything in the world and so now we're at a time where great, like you actually can find something you're passionate about. If you're lucky enough to combine those two things, like you're good at it, you can make money and you can find a passion, like brilliant, good for you. But I think like pushing out the message that we should only do things we're passionate about is maybe a little bit unrealistic. I don't know if there's that many passions out there in the world. And ultimately there's plenty of our parents and grandparents and generations before who didn't find a passion, but were happy with their work, happy with the money they made. And, you know, they, they died feeling good about what they spent their life doing. So Great if you can find a passion. I haven't found mine yet. I'm doing something that I think is practical and useful and that I enjoy doing day to day. That's really good. Really honest as well. Like, so when you said opportunity, how did that opportunity hit you in the first place? Gary Of course. You kept saying make TikToks. So I thought, you know what, Gary, I'm going to listen. I'm going to make some TikToks. Um, I'd, I'd been selling uh, secondhand clothes on Depop for a little while. So like I was making a bit of money for myself um that was my income at the time so I was making like just enough to cover rent and have a bit of spare money but it wasn't really like a scalable business I wouldn't even really call it a business it's kind of just buying and selling stuff 
Um, and then I kept seeing those Gary V's about make social media content, post on Instagram, post on TikTok. He kept talking about it. And so one day I just said, fuck it, I'm going to uh, start making content and see where it goes. And one by one, as I was creating content, businesses just kind of started randomly reaching out to me to ask them to make content for their business instead of for my own page. And after that happened a few times, it kind of, uh, the opportunity opened up to me and I realized like, oh, you can actually make money like creating content for other people. I'd never really thought of that before. I kind of stumbled across it by accident. That was maybe, that started about two and a half years ago. And then it's just been a case of, well, now that I've accidentally worked out, you can get paid money to create content for other businesses. Like, how do I do that on purpose? How do I find these clients? And then how do I deliver results that mean they still want to work with me in six months, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, the, the whole thing around Gary Vee, like post, you know, post consistently, post a lot. I, I understand that. But I think something that a lot of people, f- like, I guess, miss is like, what are you posting to do? Like, what's the end goal for this? Did you have an end goal in mind when you were posting or were you just posting for the sake of because he said so originally not originally i just kind of recognized that being able to create content on social media was a useful skill so that was my goal like can i mm. so it was just learning it was the learning aspect exactly i just thought this is going to be useful for whatever business i run so let me just start doing it and then it just so happened that one i enjoyed it and two i was good at it so it ended up actually being the business i ran but i think in general in 2022 if you're running like a b2c company and you're trying to connect with customers being able to create social media content, especially short form video, it's just like a useful skill to have in your back pocket, you know? What sort of content did you start off with? Because I was running a fashion business, um, I basically started creating a, a community, me and my best friend created a community for other people who are running businesses like me. So um, one of the things he said a lot was like to document your process. And at the time I was selling clothes. So I started creating content on the fact that I was selling clothes and the things I was learning. And I started a mini podcast where I interviewed other businesses about how they were selling clothes and it kind of just took off quite quickly. Like in the first three, six months, one of the biggest wholesalers in the UK invited us to come down and shoot content with them. And it kind of just showed me that like before, three months before, no one knew who I was. And then six months in, from the perspective of that audience, I was like one of the most known people in this space. And it kind of showed me that if you just have the confidence to push content out and start sharing things that you're experiencing and learning, like it's not too long before people start to take you seriously, you know, because you've shown up consistently over a three, six month period. That's really interesting. And like, so we obviously that on the podcast have a lot of young people listening, a lot of young business owners as well, who obviously use TikTok maybe for sort of recreation when they're trying to like unwind. Now, I want to get this question from you. I guess, what is the opportunity for B2C brands when it comes to TikTok? Like people talk about it all the time, but I guess from your side, what is the opportunity there? People hear lots of things about TikTok. Like they hear about trends and they hear about teenagers dancing and they hear all this sort of stuff. And I tried to kind of remove the emotion from which social media platform to pick. I just think about it from a very logical marketing strategy driven perspective. And it's just the case that there's nowhere else on the internet, except for YouTube shorts now, because that space is also emerging, that you can put a video out and get half a million people to see it for free. And so for that reason alone, if you have a product or a service that you want to put in front of people, and it's appropriate for a B2C audience, because I think if you're in B2B, LinkedIn is probably a better space to be using then you've got a number of options, right? You can go down the SEO route, you can go down the paid ads route. And it just so happens that if you can make short form videos, there's nowhere else, half a million people can see it for free in a 24 hour time period. So it's just a case of you looking at all the different options you have and saying, you know, compared to that opportunity on TikTok, is there a better space I can be playing in or should I be investing my marketing time and budget into short form videos on TikTok? So should all B2C brands, 
people like that have B2C brands right now, should all B2C brands have a TikTok? I think they all should. I think it's very easy for me to say because I do TikTok that like it's the the golden uh, bullet yeah. for everything in marketing. The same way you jump on a sales call with the SEO guy and he's going to say SEO is a solution and that's yeah, just not yeah, true, yeah. right? Like it is for some, it isn't for others. I think if you're in the social media space, so you're successfully already using social media to drive revenue to your business, particularly on Instagram or on Facebook or maybe on Pinterest, I would argue that in the vast, vast majority of cases, TikTok would provide a better ROI than those platforms. It doesn't mean that every business has to do that. Some B2C businesses don't use social media at all. And by all means, if that works for you and you're just so social media illiterate that TikTok would confuse you, then fine, stick with your strategy. But I would say with pretty confidence that if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you're going to get a better ROI if you're using TikTok instead. When you say ROI, what do you mean about like specifically? Because obviously that means different things to different people. So are you talking about brand awareness? Are you talking about actual like conversion rates to sales? Like, what are you talking about there? So when we do TikTok marketing for people, we're very revenue focused, right? So if we're running a paid ad campaign, then we're focused on actually producing um, a ROAS for the client. Or if we're running an organic campaign, then we're focused on generating leads for a business or driving website traffic or some kind of measurable, valuable output for the business. Um, obviously, ROI is a broad term, right? Like it depends on what you're using TikTok for. But I don't think there's anything, brand awareness, the cost on ad spend, organic reach, lead generation, that Instagram currently beats TikTok on. Like in all those arenas, just because when you put a video out, more people see it for free, TikTok produces a better ROI depending on what that is for your business. As well, the a question I want to ask you is that because, so yeah, you talk about ROI, you talk about the profitability, like that's, what, that's what you guys focus on primarily, it seems. It's like making profit from the TikTok videos. Now, for people listening that want to get into TikTok for their B2C brands, I think the difficulty here is I've seen brands do it very, very poorly. I've seen brands execute on this extremely poorly where they, they literally just say, yeah, just buy us because of this. They basically use it as like an advert sort of thing. And those sort of videos never take off um, because they never really connect with people. So I guess for people who are like, okay, I want to focus on ROI when it comes to profitability for a B2B brand, I want to use TikTok because there's, you know, all those things that you just mentioned. How can people actually do it in a way where the videos will connect with people, get, you know, take off, but also deliver that profitability? So I think there's kind of two things to think about here. The first is your broader marketing funnel and how TikTok fits into that. So like specifically what we do is integrate TikTok into someone's existing marketing funnel. If you're selling a 5,000 pound product, for example, I'm thinking of a particular client we have in mind, no TikTok video is gonna convert straight into a 5,000 pound client. Like it might, if you get super lucky, but I wouldn't like deliver that service to a client because it's super unlikely. What is much more likely is that we could get a bunch of attention using those TikTok videos and encourage them to take a next step. So for example, this client has a WhatsApp group, we drive the signups, that WhatsApp group. It's super easy on TikTok. You just click a link. You've already got WhatsApp on your phone. It's one click and you're signed up. We've been doing that for about a week, maybe 10 days now. And we've signed 200 and, 268 people to the group last time I checked. We're at close by it today. So those are basically leads generated for the business, right? And then within that WhatsApp group, he then retargets them by offering free courses and free workshops. And in that workshop, he actually pitches for the full service that he provides and takes them further down this funnel. So I think the first thing he recognizes okay, if I'm selling like a, a 10 pound product and it's just in a Shopify store, then maybe I can just drive straight to the store, get a sale and the conversion's finished. If it's a more complex product or service or it costs a lot more, then I need to think about how TikTok fits into the wider funnel. Maybe it's just capturing an email address. Maybe it's just driving traffic to a website so I can put a pixel there and retarget them with ads. 
you need to think about that wider funnel, right? Once you've understood that and you're thinking about your content, I think regardless of whether it's TikTok, LinkedIn or any platform, it's just understanding that when someone goes onto a social media platform, they are not going to buy your shit. They're going for value and value means they're going to be entertained. They're going to be educated. They're going because they're fucking bored and they've been at work all day and they want to spend 20 minutes doing something mindless on their phone. That's why that person's on the, on the platform. That's why the person's scrolling on TikTok. And so you have to cater to that 99% of the time. So if they want to be entertained, you need to create entertaining content. If they want to be educated around a topic, you need to educate them around that topic. Only once you've done that consistently over a long period of time, can you then say, look, I've given you all this value. If you want a little bit more value, take the next step in my funnel, AKA buy my product or sign up for my email list where I'll send you newsletters or sign up for my workshop where I'll deliver more value. But primarily we have to focus on why the person's on the platform, give them what they want. And once we've given them what they want, then say, by the way, I'm going to ask for something back now. I'm going to ask you to take the next step. And the ratio between those two things, I think people get it way off. Like it's not every time I give, I ask. So many times I see in videos where people do both at the same time. So they pretend they're giving something and then actually secretly they're trying to sell their product. It's give, 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 and then ask. And then give, 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 and then ask. It's primarily about giving value for free and serving for free. And once we've successfully done that and we built some trust and a relationship with someone, then we say, can I have something in return? Okay, a sale or a sign up or whatever it is. But you only ask for that once they're kind of deeper in the funnel, as you mentioned. Like this is very like top funnel. So when you're when they're deeper in the funnel, whether in they're in the WhatsApp chat or whether they've on the email sign up or like they're they're deeper rather than just the TikTok. I feel like what a lot of brands, as you mentioned, a lot of brands miss out on is that they go straight to the selling when it comes to the TikTok videos. And that's just, that just never connects with people. Yeah, so when we say give and ask, ask doesn't always mean sell, right? It's not give, 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 sell, it's give, 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 ask. So the ask can just be sign up to my email list. The ask can just be check out the free resources on my website. The ask can be attend my free workshop where I deliver more value. It doesn't mean we necessarily sell straight away. And it's actually pretty rare, unless you're selling a really low ticket product, like a lamp for someone's room that costs like 20 quid, if you're selling something that costs a decent amount or is like a slightly more complex service to deliver, it's super rare. I would ever straight away in the video ask for a sale. Almost 99% of the time, I'm just asking them to take the next step, which is download this free resource or attend the workshop or whatever it is. I want to ask Ethan whether there was a timeline for this because it's all well and good posting consistently five times a week, value posts, you know, things about you know comedy, entertainment, whatever it is, education. But I want to ask them, at what point do you actually, you know, pivot that into asking them for something, whether that's, you know, to go onto the website, sign to a mailing list, or like, what's, at what time, what point in time do you do that within the journey? But before we go on, I want to tell you quickly about the podcast new sponsor, Zencaster. So I get messages a lot, you know, maybe every week saying, you know, how do I do a podcast remotely? A lot of people are getting into it. Recording a podcast remotely can be quite difficult and challenging. And platforms such as Zoom, you know, Google Meets, whatever, they're not built for podcasting. So that means when you record it, the sound quality doesn't sound too good. And if there's an absence or, or breakage in sound, then the end user, so the listener, actually picks it up. I have been obsessed with the sound quality since day one. And as a result, I've searched long and hard for a platform that let me, you know, podcast remotely without that breakage in sound and, you know, optimizing quality. And the platform that I came across that I've been using for two and a half years now across all the podcasts that I do is Zencaster. Now, Zencaster makes the podcasting experience so easy. 
and you know everything from local recording which basically means that my sound records on my side and their sound records on their side so you get two different audio files that you can put together and post and so the sound is extremely clear and if you don't believe me you can look back at all my episodes that i've recorded apart from episode one, number 100 which i recorded in person every other one i've used zencaster to record so if you want to use zencaster and i i don't know if i should say this but in actual fact it's, it's a free tool so i've been using the free package for two and a half years and it's an amazing tool so i highly recommend that you sign up if you are looking into podcasting remote it's the best tool that i've been using and I'm not switching anytime soon. Now, I want you guys to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. So if you're interested in the paid or free package, then there is a link in my description that starts with zen.ai. Click that link, you know, sign up to whatever package that you want. Um, If you are looking for more sort of specialty uh, packages, such as like all the editing stuff to be taken care of, then you can use my link and it'll give you 30% off your first three months. Otherwise, you can use the free package, which is what I've been using for two and a half years. So thank you so much. Let's go on with the episode. I think I'm I'm probably going to answer this like the opposite of the way you expect, but I'd say like be asking right from the beginning, because equally you can go the other way, right? Like you and I would have seen on LinkedIn, the amount of people that are incredible at getting likes and comments and building these big, massive audiences for their followers. But then you actually have a conversation with them and they're not driving any revenue for their business. They're not making any sales because they've gotten really, really good at giving, but they haven't learned how to ask. Like you need to, as much as it is a skill to create valuable content for free and entertain someone, it's also a skill to ask someone to sign up for your email list or wherever it is. So I'd say it's not so much about time passing, it's just the ratio between give to ask. And there's no exact science to it. All I would say is the give massively outweighs the ask. Like, you know, if I wanted to put a number in it, say for every five videos you put out that are about giving value for free, I put one video out that's about sign up for this email list or the call to action pushes to the next point. I don't think it's about waiting for a period of time. Like definitely learn to ask from the beginning because the first four times you do it, you're probably not gonna be very good at it. But over time, you'll learn how to make that ask a little bit better. Yeah, that's another question I had actually is like when it comes to the actual type of content, because as you said, like value posts, and that could be education, it could be entertainment, it could be comedy, it could be so many different types of things. For a B2C brand, is there any sort of, I guess, framework they can look at when it comes to, okay, should we be entertaining? Should we be funny? Like, I know it obviously depends on the brand image as well as the customer personas they're going after, but yeah, what's your sort of insight there? I think the best, the, the way that I approach, I don't want to say the best because everyone's got their own way, but the way I approach creating content for brands is just looking at what other businesses are doing and seeing if we can line up something from what they're doing with this company. It's, it's I wouldn't say it's rare. I'd never actually start a new TikTok account with a client and try and think of these fresh ideas that no one's ever done on TikTok. I will go to the staple content pillars that I know successfully work. I know there's a style where one person's facing left in one costume and the other person facing right in the other costume and they have a back and forth conversation. I know there's a style where someone is sitting and doing some task and then Twitter quotes appear above their head and deliver value through four quotes. Like I know those formats work. So instead of experimenting with new stuff, which you do once you've already built momentum and you've already established an audience, In the beginning, I just go on TikTok and say, what formats do I think are going to be kind of appropriate for this brand? I already know work. Then we know the format's not the problem because I've already proven another video is successful. And it's just working out like, what am I actually going to put in those quotes? What am I actually going to make those two characters do and have a conversation about? But I definitely start by looking at what other people are doing and not copying what they're doing, but taking the essence of it and then trying to apply it to my, my own brand or business or client. Gary Vee talks a lot about consistency. It's probably the biggest sort of message that he has when it comes to content creation. Now, if someone is going, 
I guess like what is the, I mean, I kind of asked this question to you previously, but when it comes to consistency, what if they're consistently making those value posts, but they're not growing? Like what can they do there? So if you're consistently making value posts, but the audience isn't getting value from them, you're not consistently making value posts, you're just consistently posting. It's interesting because I, I coach a couple of people on their content creation because I've done it pretty successfully for clients on TikTok, but also on my own LinkedIn. I often notice is that people get the consistency bit. So they start doing five a week every week and they're I'm like unforgiving about that. Like they make sure they do their five. But then I ask them like at the end of the week, do you actually look back at the content and try and work out what happened? Like, are you looking at the post you're putting out and seeing, hmm, these styles seem to get more views or these ones get less views, but they seem to get more comments. And are you reading the comments to see what people are actually talking about that will maybe spark more content ideas in the future? And are you noticing that when you post this style of content, leads or traffic seems to be generated? And when I post these videos, they get loads of views, but no one seems to check the website. Like it's consistency, but it's also trying to improve on it week on week. Like if you just keep doing the same thing wrong for three months, you haven't made any progress. But if you do something for a month, you look back and you say, I'm kind of noticing these trends and patterns of what I think is and isn't working. Let me try apply that into the next month. That's when the consistency actually produces like some benefit for you, you know? I completely get, I completely get that. So would you say like when you, like you're posting consistently like five times a week, for instance, you look back at those five times a week and that you use that kind of as inspiration for, to plan for the following week. You're looking at the both, the qualitative is what you said. So basically how many how many views, uh, how many views is quantitative, but like the comments, like what sort of comments you're getting and stuff like that. And then looking at the quantitative ones, like the views, as well as like the number of comments, engagement, all that, all the analytics that they give you and then plan for the following week. Is that what you recommend? Yeah, because we're playing a long-term game here. I think like there's no exact science to content. Like there's too many different variables in terms of the specific situation for the business and how good you are at making videos and all sorts of different things that mean that, you can't say exactly what post is going to get you sales. You can't say exactly what video is going to generate leads. If I could do that, I would charge way more than I'm charging now because I could literally like guarantee a result from a video, which you just can't do. What you can do is look back over the work you've done and try and work out what trends and patterns you think you're noticing. And some of them might be wrong, but if you keep doing it over a consistent period of time, you do start to notice that actually, yeah, these kind of posts just seem to drive website traffic. I kind of know that. That's like a something I've got in the locker now where if I put those posts out, I know I'm going to drive traffic. So that's one post that I can rely on. And I keep experimenting with the second and a third and a fourth. And over a three-month period, you're like, right, I'm going to put out 20 videos. And I know like 70% of them are going to work because I've already experimented with these styles. I've already seen results. And then that last 30, I'm just always experimenting with, always changing and always trying to learn from. I really like that. So like the 70%, you rely on the things that have worked previously, the 30% you experiment with. Because with TikTok, there's a new flavor sort of every day almost because the trends move along really, really quickly. So that experimentation piece must be very, very important for finding that because that those 30, that 30% might come into the 70% in the future, right? Within social media, from the perspective of someone running an agency, like that's the biggest value you deliver to a client because it's not like paid advertising where, okay, you have six, 10 different bits of creative that you're running. But once you know you've got good creative, it's about like the way you manage your media and the way you spend the budget. But you can have an amazing month organically and then the next month it just be shit. And you don't really know why because you have to keep experimenting. You have to keep learning. And sometimes, you know, I, I had a video go viral on a client's account recently where he basically just made a joke. Like he just made a joke that would be appropriate in an office. And it got like three quarter of a million views and drove more signups than any video we put out for him. And we didn't even plan it for the shoot. He kind of just thought of it on the spot and we recorded it and it worked. Like you can't forecast what videos are going to do well. 
you kind of just have to rely on the things you're learning and over time, like amass knowledge that means that you're more confident in the predictions you're going to make. Ethan, what about people that are listening where they want to, okay, you've convinced them to get into TikTok, you know, market their B2C brand, using TikTok, value posts, education, whatever it is. However, they don't want to put their face on on TikTok. That must be a question you get asked all the time. It's, it's one that, you know, a lot of my friends, they want to get into it, but they want to put their, their face on, on TikTok. So is there, like, do you, is the, like is that bad? Do they, do they have to put their face on TikTok? Like, what's the, is there an answer there? Someone's face needs to be in the video. It, you can make videos about a person. Like, early on, we did take on clients where we didn't put a person in it and we kind of used the voice to text. It is possible. It's just very, very hard. Like, it's a platform. But when you go on TikTok and you start scrolling, all you see is people doing stuff. Whereas opposed to Instagram, which is a little bit different, actually, you don't just see people. You tend to see, like, objects and other things going on. But TikTok is very focused on a human being picking up an iPhone and, like, recording something. So it's very difficult to consistently make content about that. If you don't want to be the person representing your brand, then you can hire a TikTok creator to do it. And it's a simple case of, say I'm in the crypto niche and I've got a community where I want to teach people about cryptocurrency and blockchain and get them introduced. I search hashtag crypto, hashtag blockchain, and I look at all the top creators and then I reach out to them and say, look, I need someone to represent my brand. You understand the space, you know how to make content. Can you make content on behalf of my business? And that's basically one of the services that we offer. If the person either doesn't want to represent their company or they run a really big company and they're the founder of like a 300 man team. So they're not going to do it themselves. They're going to hire creators yeah. to represent it, you know? Yeah. Ethan, last question I have for you before we wrap up the podcast. Is it too late to go on TikTok? I don't think it's too late. I think it's not as good an opportunity as it was four years ago when people weren't really talking about it. And it's not even as good an opportunity as it was a year ago. I still think it massively outperforms Instagram. I still think it massively outperforms Facebook. The only competitor for short form video right now is YouTube Shorts. Um, but the good thing about both those platforms is that if you create for TikTok, you can repost to YouTube Shorts. If you create for YouTube Shorts, you can repost to TikTok. So I don't necessarily think you have to pick between the two, but I would say within the social media space, if you're marketing towards B2C and talking about organic content, like you can't miss out on vertical video anymore. Like the time of putting carousels out on Instagram has passed. That one doesn't work and two, the platforms don't push that stuff anyway. If you're going to be using social media content for your business, you need to be using vertical video. And there's a reason all the other platforms have jumped on it because TikTok's leading the way. There we go. So that's the answer. So yeah. For everyone listening, it's not too late to go on TikTok. Ethan's very lovely, you know, articulated that how you can get into it, what sort of results I guess you you should expect with the with the you know the strategy you should put in. So Ethan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It's been an absolute pleasure talking talking to you about this. We haven't spoken about TikTok for a while on the podcast, actually. So it's been a really good session with you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. How can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing? Um, I think LinkedIn is the pl- um, best place. Um, Ethan Golding, E-T-H-A-N-G-O-L-D-I-N-G. Um, and yeah, I always think that, um, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen over the last almost two years now that I've been kind of supporting myself running some kind of business that I'm um, doing things for people in the short term for free really pays dividends in the long term like I've been surprised the amount of time someone pops up after six months of a new client for me that I'd forgotten I just jumped on a 15 minute call to help you know so um, if anyone does have any questions about TikTok even if it's got nothing to do with working with me then feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn drop a message set up a call and yeah, always happy to share the things that we're learning. I completely agree with you, by the way. Like just doing things and helping other people, not not because you have an end goal in mind, just because you want to help out. 
yeah, it does actually does actually get to that stage in the latter stages, which is quite you know refreshing. It's it's nice. So I completely agree with you there. So yeah, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, and I'm sure we'll speak very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for me Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for staying to the very end of the episode. If you did enjoy, it'd be amazing if you could leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. It just helps the podcast get out there. Follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, because we post a lot on there and it'll be a shame if you miss out. So thank you so much again, and I'll catch you in the next one.